0: Welcome to the 3rd Eye Podcast featuring Matthew James, Nick Tuggle, and Justin Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to another episode of the 3rd Eye Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the 3rd Eye Podcast. As always, I am Justin Fitzpatrick. And another day another episode another topic you know it never changes it doesn't stop um as always i'm here with two of the best co-hosts on this side of the galaxy nick and matt and we're gonna get into it today i say that all the time but we always gonna get into it today's episode is about vulnerability so you always know we gotta start it off what does it mean to be vulnerable
1: Nick
2: said he's going first. <laughs> oh, okay. I like, I like this. Um what it means to be vulnerable. Um I am completely open. Right? I am Uh <laughs> Yeah, I am completely open to whoever it is um that is learning or hearing said information or it could just be complete and total silence. Um, vulnerability to me is I'm broken and I need, um, and and it's already difficult enough, difficult enough for me to be, uh, vulnerable. So, you know, vulnerability is just me opening up my complete and honest self a hundred percent. Uh, regardless of the consequences that may come after that so spiritually mentally physically um everything uh you see the the other side of me that you will no longer that you usually don't see whether like i said it be you know because there have been some times where i've like sobbed like ugly boohoo cried and you know, but like I said that's at that at that point I'm like completely broken and open and I don't care what's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, vulnerability to me what does it mean to what does it mean to be vulnerable? It's just for me com- being completely open and honest and at that point I think it's I, I think it's really just an out of body experience. I think that's probably going to be the best way to describe it, considering it's already difficult enough. Um, So, yeah, at that point, I'm a ghost. I'm Casper, my alter ego. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you get everything. (laughs) You're going to get everything, bro. All
1: right. Um, Before I go, I'm going to throw out a little disclaimer. So you all may be wondering where this topic came from. Um, so we, uh, got a lot of feedback, um, that we could do a better job of being vulnerable or, you know, just talking a little bit more about how some things may have affected us. Um, and for context, we're recording this episode the day or the evening that the episode about social media was released. So, Yeah. yeah, that's important because, you'll know kind of when your feedback gets to influence what episode comes after that. So um, I say that to say, if we do a poor job of being vulnerable, you know what to do. You understand the assignment, get on us. Um, and it also, if we trip over our words a little bit and you know it, it's a little bit less easy for it to flow off the tongue, give us a little bit of a, of a grace um, because it's <laughs> not easy (laughs) Um, (laughs) vulnerability man for me that looks like i'm big on composure and uh i'm very intentional about the way that i want people to perceive me so i've always been very intentional about what i allow people to understand about me and when i remove that limit or that um stoppage point on, you know, the current that's flowing and you get a chance to see me in my like, less calculated state, that's what that means. So to simply state that, um, what that really means for me is really just, I guess, allowing someone to see me without me worrying about my composure at the forefront. So, I feel like I'm such a meticulous person, I can come off as like super or uber calculated sometimes, which may result in people feeling like there's much to be left understood. But on the same side of that, I'm very honest and whatever question you ask me, I'll answer it. Um, But I also, to my knowledge, leave a lot to be left or a lot, there's a lot left to be understood But because I answered that person's question, they feel like they got all of what they wanted to know out. Um, So I think really, especially I can be sometimes a little devoid, devoid, devoid of emotion, um, emotional vulnerability and allowing someone to be there for me when I'm sad, or telling someone about some sadness that I may experience. That's a rare emotion that I don't talk to many people about because I hate, I strongly dislike. Oh man, well you're mad You're so strong. You know, well, you'll you'll bounce back. Thanks. That's exactly what I needed to hear. What could I have benefited from hearing that from you? <laughs> from when I could have told myself the same thing. So. I'll dive a little deeper, but off top, those are, t- those are two th- or a few things that really stuck out to me when I thought about the question.
0: The biggest thing that sticks out to me when I hear vulnerability is being able to take off the mask that you put on um, for people and giving them a glimpse into your inner world. Um, I know I've been, you know, guilty of doing it, but I don't think a lot of people will openly admit that, you know, we all wear masks. um, And sometimes we do it without even realizing it. We could say, oh, we're real and we do these things or, oh, we're, you know, honest, right? But that's not what vulnerability attributes itself to. It attributes itself to unconditioned or no conditions. So essentially unraveling yourself to the point where you allow someone to see all. Um, and that in itself can be expressed in many different ways, but that to me is what being vulnerable is at its core. It's without condition, allowing yourself to be completely you to, to in that moment or to to whoever um and you know allowing yourself to feel what you feel do what you do love what you love um and care about what you care about so i love this quote uh as we were putting this episode together um nick found this quote by wayne gian Caterino. i hope i said this man's name right dr C- dr gian Caterino. I'm just going to say that's what it is. But Dr. Wayne, saying, man. Huh? Dr. Wayne, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just call him Dr. Wayne. Dr. Wayne, Dr. Wayne, <laughs> Dr. Wayne dog. I, I, you know what? That's so much smarter to say. Dr. Wayne. And I'm a doc. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, men are so sensitive that they literally unplug from their emotional lives. What does that quote mean to you?
1: I think it means that at least okay so the way that I'm contextualizing this is that the older men in my life so like my dad and like other a lot of other men from like maybe that time so like this is maybe like they were adults in like 70s and 80s those men viewed emotion as weakness um and they they viewed um being your vulnerability being that accessible to people was actually a detriment rather than a compliment to who you are. And that showed in just so many ways that they love so many ways that they lead so many ways that they, um, interact with people. Um, and, you know, I, kind of noticed a trend in, in a previous episode that we talked about, about us seeing our parents, And even our mothers, to some extent, you know, the, the emotions that we see them go through are like anger and happiness and sometimes, or at least the way that, that made me feel as a, as a child and how that manifested into me was that when I saw them have those emotions, it, it made those emotions accessible to me or permissible in my household. So I had, I then had permission to display those emotions, but I never got to see the other things. So the other things were totally off the table. Why are you crying? Let me give you something to cry about. Like, you know, that type of thing. So, okay, well, I guess since my crying is illegitimate, I'll just never do it again. And then when I'm emotionally clogged for the rest of my life and <laughs> a girl is like, I want to know a little bit more about what you're feeling on the inside. All I can say is, and that's it, you know, <laughs> or, so.
2: I'm <laughs> keeping it say, a buck,
1: man. Or say nothing at all. Or say nothing at um, all, you know. So, so it's it's like, when, when I, I hate this. I hate the quote because it makes me mad, but it's, I feel like it's true, man. Um, And I wanna disagree with it so bad. Um, But but like, I had a point in my life where I unplugged that. I was like, man, this emotion, these emotions, man, we gotta get rid of these. And I just pulled the plug and I was like, for the longest, I was like, man, this is great. Nothing can make me mad. And then when I wanted to pull, when I wanted to put the plug back in the wall, Bro, there was no wall. The wall was gone, my G. Like, there was nothing there. No socket, no nothing. So I had to build that wall back up um, and just allow myself to feel again. I wish this quote was wrong. I really want it to be wrong, especially as you were saying it, Justin. It just made me frustrated. I was like, I can't defeat it. I really can't. Mm. I'm
2: going to pull a memory from uh, most of our childhoods because... You know, we may have some listeners that are younger and are older, so they may not uh, understand the reference. But I remember watching an episode of Fairly Odd Parents. And in this particular episode, uh, Timmy had wished for his emotions to go away. Um, so then we're going to a particular scene where I think Trixie does something or, or, or Wanda does something. And she asks, how does this make you feel? And he says it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then like that's the first thing that pops to mind when it's like mm, they book <laughs> from their personal lives. Um, I think that this topic specifically um has to deal with the fact that we don't know how to handle our emotions. I think that's what that means. I don't really think it's more so, I don't think it has anything to do with societal standpoint or um how people how we're viewed when it, I just think I think every guy knows just like how you were saying, uh, when we're when we're constantly dealing with, uh, some emotions or some some problem or whatever, it just gets so overwhelming that we just we just we don't know how to handle it. We just just cut it off.
1: I disagree. I don't think it's that we don't know how to handle it. I think it's that we acknowledge it as a weakness the ability to feel feeling hurt or feeling down doesn't allow us to operate at the efficiency that we feel that we need i feel like we're capable of handling it that's that's me that's uh, so i don't agree (sighs) i hate to be this person
0: sarah you're right she'll know what i'm talking about though but i am in the middle and the reason why I am between you guys' answers is because I believe both of you have made very valid points, but I think it is literally both of those points together. I do believe that we feel what we feel and we, are, we have a sense of self-awareness, um, that we feel what we feel, but we have been socially conditioned so much to thinking that we cannot feel what we feel, that to get rid of us thinking about what we are feeling, we just push it all away. We push it all to the back of our brain. Um, And I know for me, that ring true. Um, One thing, one quote I say all the time is that emotion clouds logic or emotion clouds judgment. Um, So all of the decisions that I try and make I cannot be emotional when I make them. I have to take the time to really sit down and logically decipher what are my next steps going to be? What do you know? these different scenarios look like? Um, those kinds of things. I hate making decisions or hate being asked to make a decision if I'm in, in an emotional state. And it is because it clouds my judgment or clouds my logic to Being able to think um, as rationally as possible, um but because of that, right, because I created that moral essentially or that life value in myself, um for a very long time i couldn't cry, right The only time I could cry is if I was at a funeral, but if I got mad, I couldn't cry. If I was sad, I, I couldn't cry. Like it, it, it's not that I didn't wanna cry. It's physically I had disconnected myself so much because I created that as well as the social In the last episode where I talked about the social conditioning of a lot of the young boys and eventually young men that went to my school because of those two things. I was completely disconnected from my emotional self. Um, And it wasn't until 2017? I think that was the first time in about six years yeah that was the first time in like a six-year window that I had I I had cried um and unfortunately when you do that to yourself you lose the validity of the human experience you lose the spectrum of the the human experience you don't give yourself the ability to completely feel every emotion that we're supposed to feel, feel in our human experience so when I look at that quote I don't necessarily get upset I look at it as like <laughs> I think of a. Uh, this is gonna make me sound really nerdy, but uh, when Chancellor Palpatine in Star Wars is telling the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise to Anakin, and Anakin gives some response, he goes huh, ironic, like he literally says that in the movie, and that's what I think when I read that statement that men are so sensitive that they are literally unplugging themselves from you know their emotional lives I'm like <laughs> ironic <laughs> like this is, this is this is like my goodness but that is what I took away from the quote is and listening to you guys answers um and it, I, that's what I developed from it but just hearing both of you guys give the perspectives that you gave to me it was always it was both it was the social conditioning but it was also a sense of you know, us recognizing or feeling what we feel and just kind of running away from it in a way.
2: Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I'd I be regretting it sometimes because I just feel like such a terrible person. So I was in a relationship with a young lady, said young lady. And if um she had asked me, to tell her some information about my mom, I had gave some information about that in one of our previous episodes. So go check that out. Um, and I told her, "This is exact. This is my exact response." I told her, "What do I need to tell you for it? It is not going to change anything. It's not going to bring her back. It's like, what do you need? What do you need to know for And it was literally me. Say, it came out of my mouth as a blockade. Because at that point, I just, did, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to, because, and, and it replays over and over in my, in, in my head every single time. Like I sh- I should have just said everything. And I, I probably, and I, I could play it out. I could literally play out the, 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 the scene, right? Because I was over her house at the time and we were literally talking about school and college and all this other stuff and. You know, and she was like, "How come you don't talk about your mom or whatever?" And I'm just like, "What am I gonna do that for?" And in that moment, I'm like, "I, sh- I should have just said everything." And I could just read like, I can think of myself replaying the moment and like literally wailing out my eyes, you know, into her arms or into her lap or whatever. Um, and yeah, I, it's it's just certain stuff like that where it's like, you know, being vulnerable is 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 really not a a bad thing. Uh, it's not. You know? And like I said, it's just we're so sensitive. So we're just gonna unplug it. How well, about I just cut it off right now so I don't have to do this. <laughs> you know? Um Bro, it's making you some wild stuff, man. Yeah. Like I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown
1: so much in the past three years as it comes to vulnerability, especially in romantic situations like oh man, like I I feel like I used to make girls jump through like rings of fire bro to try to like it's not funny, I'm smiling because it's, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous
2: Because you're terrible, I know it, right it, it was just like I mean we all are. And I, I don't
1: want I don't want to belabor this because we'll we'll talk more about this. But I feel like somebody's going to get mad now that I brought it up and I didn't ex, expand on it. <laughs> but like you know, like this girl, like I was, I really really liked her, but like I wanted I wanted it to work and I wanted it to be long term. But I also needed the assurance that she when I gave her this information, it wasn't for any reason besides we're trying to build a deeper connection. So I made the information harder to access. Mm -hmm. And this is like roughly three years ago and I've grown so much since then. Um, But like, that's not the best way to do that. Like, I guess it's a ridiculous vetting process, yes, And the people that end up on the other side of that are so few so it's like by the time they get there they're like well i've already invested so much time I may as well stick around, but there is such healthier ways than doing that and she was a soldier because she tried she 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 tried and. Honestly, if it wasn't for other extenuating circumstances of why we stopped talking I honestly think she she would have kept trying so like. It was really just me not really acknowledging her effort.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, Oof. yeah. Thing. How did we get this? How did we get here? We're not even on the second question yet, Brett.
2: bro. Bro, because it's just, <laughs> bro. It's just, it's garbage, bro. Like, I I got plenty more, man. I got so plenty.
1: we're all very honest people. We All three of us are very honest people. I feel like if anyone asks us any question, we'd answer it. But how different is honesty in comparison to vulnerability?
2: You get the, the different nuances uh, that come with the vulnerability. So like you stated, uh, your composure, you're not worrying about that anymore. So that's something that you would get uh, with the vulnerability. Because... Obviously, we're gonna be honest, right? <clears throat> In said situation, but um then when we compare it to vulnerability, we get everything. Right. So the honesty is 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 there, right? You're gonna you're gonna get the answer to your question, but you're not gonna get anything else behind that. It's gonna be mm-hmm. straightforward to the point, right? And then with the vulnerability. And you know, even even with vulnerability, sometimes I can say that it may not be honest at all because somebody can ask me a question, and I am literally sobbing my eyeballs out, and I say I don't know, even though I know the answer. Um. Yeah. I I, I don't. I, I think I did a terrible job answering this question just now. <laughs> but but. Um,
1: so you can be honest without being vulnerable. That's
2: what you're saying. I mean, absolutely. We do it all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you. You can be as well. I think what vulnerability does is it allows you to be a hundred percent without a filter.
2: Honest. That's a that's a better way of saying that
0: yeah the vulnerability just accesses another level of honesty one thing about us we can be honest in a blunt sense in a resourceful sense like if you want my honest opinion on something if you want my honest perspective on something boom but when you add that level of vulnerability you become honest about your experience you become honest about you know your life you become honest about what you truly felt you know in moments you know you become honest with yourself and i love this question because one thing i have actively been working on is being honest 100% honest and allowing myself to be vulnerable with those closest to me. Um, For a long time, I'm the person that left things unsaid because I always think, I always felt as though, I just didn't like conflict, right? And I felt like if I 100%, like I will tell you a piece of why, or I would give you, you know, like, a level of honesty but it wouldn't be complete and one thing I've been better about now is like be complete like say everything you need to say like be honest with yourself about being honest with others and the one and people that you interact with every day um because I feel like we and I hate to say this like this but I feel like we're not halfway honest but honest with a filter, honest with a lens, like looking at it at a, a certain perspective, which could also be halfway honest if you look at it in some ways. I know some people will probably look at it like that um, when you put a filter on it, but being vulnerable lets you have no filter. And it's like an unconditional honesty. And I'm, I'm, you, you might hear me say that word a lot um today um just in this conversation but without condition like i'm not saying this because you're my friend i'm not saying this because i'm saying this because this is hundred percent how my feelings feel right now because i want to tell you my honest
1: valid truth ah man i'm gonna disagree with the unconditional honesty I feel that I can be unconditionally honest without being vulnerable. (laughs) Oh! Yes! Explain, brother. I think the biggest component to vulnerability is being susceptible to getting hurt. And that's something we haven't touched on yet. At least, specifically.
2: uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to say specifically because um... (laughs) this, uh, I'm so garbage, because <laughs> that's what, it, no, because, like, that's it, it's, like, I, I, I'll I mean something, and then, because I didn't say it, I didn't, I didn't say it, so, it's, like, when I meant when I meant uh, earlier, when we first asked the question, and I said, meaning extremely open, and you get literally all of the person, right, um, or you get all of, in this case, us, or since I'm talking, you get all of me, that means that, I well, when I okay, when I hear the word vulnerable, I think that I'm at risk now, whatever risk, um, or not f, yeah, at risk, and that'll be of you know, whatever I say or do, being whether it you know, be used to hurt me or hurt somebody else. Um, I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's what it, I don't really, I, I'm i doing a, like I said, this is probably the third or fourth, I'm doing a terrible job at explaining this, but like, good, you know, no, you're good. Uh, <laughs> like you're getting, as Justin was say, unfiltered, open, everything, honest, because at that point, I know that this could possibly hurt me in the long run, even though I'm getting what I need to get out, um. I don't usually do this so when I do do this it could hurt me potentially and I the the first thing that comes to mind is my figure um and I hate to use that as the number one example but I mean it is what it is like I if you're someone who doesn't cry a lot and then I become vulnerable or if I'm being vulnerable at that moment and like I said I'm just boohoo sobbing the first thing i think of is no like after after i'm done i'm like you didn't see that (laughs) like you you didn't okay because we I want to go back to normal but obviously you saw it so some somewhere sooner down the line somebody's gonna bring it up and then i'm gonna just be like oh okay so you hate me so
1: um there's a free thinker and when i think free thinking i think vulnerable because when you're a free thinker you're thinking and it's absent of um retaliation um vulnerability is allowing someone to delve deeper into your inner um uh, emotions is a good word, but I think there's a better way of saying it. But somebody, somebody's listening, and they're they're filling in the words that I'm not saying. But you're allowing someone to delve into that core that those core feelings. Um, and I'm an avid I'm an avid Kanye listener. So there's a lyric that I just looked up, and um, it's off of the Yay album. It's off of the record. I thought about killing you, and he Kanye is a guy who talks a lot. So the lyric goes, just say it out loud to see how it feels. And essentially what that means is like nothing is off the table. Like none of your thoughts are off the table, but when you're not vulnerable, you're taking thoughts off of the table and you're not allowing someone. It's like you're, you're giving someone a map, but you're, you're, you're like removing countries and States like it's like it's like your mind or your feelings is an entire map of the United States, but half of the states are gone. And you're like, oh, well, if you wanna know what it is, you gotta fill it in. How can they <laughs> fill in what they don't know? You know? So um Kanye said this in an interview. He said, free thinkers don't fear retaliation for their thoughts. The traditional thinkers are only using thoughts and words, but they are in a mental prison. You are free, you've already won, feel energized, move in love, not fear, be afraid of nothing. Um, And I feel like that doesn't necessarily apply to vulnerability, but it can. Um, Because when we think about vulnerability, I think what stops us a lot from being vulnerable is the fear of the repercussions of what may happen if this goes wrong and the person either shares this with someone I'm not prepared to share this with or negatively reacts to what I say when I don't necessarily intend it that way so like for me I can be unconditionally honest if you ask me I tell people this all the time and it doesn't really matter who this is I won't lie to you ask me a question I'll answer it but the level by which I do may change um the closest people (sighs) in my life they don't have to ask me because I'm already talking about it, because I feel like I can. That is the difference. But the people that have to ask me about it, I might still tell you, but I might leave out information because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And, that, and, that's, and that's really just it. I'm afraid. Um, I feel like I'm afraid of telling you and you not really having the capacity to like, understand it but also like when i talk to people and i'm i'm really trying to be vulnerable with them in that moment and the body language is just so off and i can tell that they're not as in it as i am that is huge for me like and how that affects my self-esteem in that moment and it's just like ah well let's find a way to just taper this entire thought and move on so yeah
0: i feel like you're low-key not being 100 percent there it's like nice. a a a halfway honest, and the only reason I say that is because and I feel that i I do feel that it's it's when you see someone not basically being a hundred percent like you are, then you pull back too um which then leads to both of you just operating at a level of, like, a conditional honesty, right? Like, this person is going to, like, I think about it, relationships, right? Uh, and and let's, I'll use this analogy, I guess, per se. Um, When you're dating, um you, you're one of the first topics you probably talk about is hobbies what you like to do what they like to do type thing you have type a relationship which is and i'm saying type a but not really i'm not using that as like a type a type b type thing but like example a i'll say like that example a relationship where from junk as you're listing your hobbies as they're listing your hobbies you're you'll quickly be like oh you know I don't necessarily enjoy that. You know, I don't want to try those things. um. But I'm willing to try with you type deal, right? That's both of you being 100% honest. But there are people that get into relationships and be like, yeah, I like to do that stuff. And then, oh my goodness, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah has this amazing thing about dating i think it's trevor noah i'm a i'm a oh my goodness i just remembered this video but i believe it is trevor noah where he talks about people lie to each other when they date all the time to get to a point of like liking that person and then yeah and then when the relationship starts it's like
1: oh i ain't like none of
0: that stuff i just said that because i liked you and i wanted to be with you and that happens so often. And that's why, that's my example B is like, people will just say things to get to the point where they want to go. And then it gets to the point of, oh, I wasn't being 100% honest with you. Well, you you've effed up the entire foundation of,
1: of I'm feeling so yeah. line too. Bro. Yeah.
0: And like where that person was being vulnerable with you saying, I like doing this stuff. And you're like, yeah, I do too. What's
2: no, you didn't.
0: Hell? Like, you didn't. Like <laughs> Now, if you learn or you grow to like them, that's cool. But I think it's always like, don't operate at both of you being at like 70% honesty. Like, I think that's where that vulnerability or that level of vulnerability allows you to, even though you know what you may say may hurt that person's feelings, at least you are comfortable knowing that you a thousand percent told them how you felt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people, the conditional honesty comes in where it's like, I'm gonna be like, yeah I kind of sort of don't like doing it but I'll do it with you if you really don't like doing it you could say I I don't like doing this like I I, I don't feel comfortable doing it yeah but people will just because of friendships relationships some type of ship situationship anything (laughs) they'll just slide into it. And I think that it's because they don't want to get to that level of vulnerability with the person because the condition of the terms and you know conditions of that situation, relationship, friendship have now put you in a position where you cannot a thousand percent be honest. So that's why I personally think when you're vulnerable, there is an unconditional honesty. But when you are not, when there basically, I'll say it like this. Long story short, when you are not vulnerable, you are not being honest, either 100% honest with that person or 100% honest with yourself. But when you are vulnerable, you are being completely honest with yourself and that person, no matter how it may feel, no matter if it hurts or not, no matter if it may feel good or not, you are at least being 100% honest to yourself and that person. And that's where that level of vulnerability makes honesty
1: different. You provoked a thought in your rebuttal to my rebuttal of, about the phrase, I haven't been totally honest with you. So to your point, yeah, you, you, got, me. you got me, you
0: got me. It's just something I kind of yeah. thought about in your response. I'm like, you got me. it's like, yes, I get what you're saying. You can be honest, but at even at its core, there's a level somewhere. It's, it may be, it could be very minute. And you're like, but unfortunately, and one thing about human beings, in that moment we'll say anything, we'll we'll be okay with it. But what happens is when you leave something unresolved, it festers and over time it grows. And then you go, I wasn't hundred percent honest with you. Like a piece of me was like, I didn't want to, or a piece of me really wasn't feeling you or a piece of me, you know, and now it is blown into this big situation. And that's where I say sometimes emotion, Going back to my point in the beginning, emotion clouds judgment. And that's how I conditioned myself into thinking that way. But emotion can be very helpful in judgment. And I'll get into, um, as we, you know, talk more, but emotions, that, that's how I build that way of thinking is because I cannot sit here and say, yeah, I like doing this because I like this person, or I'm cool with this person, or oh, we have a great emotional you know, level, because then also that that affects so many different things, but we'll get into it as this episode goes.
1: Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about a situation where you guys have felt reluctant to open up to someone and I'm interested to know how that made you guys feel and has it ever hurt you? Like you, in that moment, seeing yourself and feeling yourself holding back and wanting to stop that, like not do that, you know, like I want to, I want to be here with you in this moment and open up, but you can't. So tell me about that if you guys have ever experienced that. Uh, I'm gonna let you start it off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good lord. Does it? <laughs> does it? Uh, does it matter that? Like, so is it like uh, I never did or I once did and then end up doing it? I guess, I like I. I have no like, idea I what once, you're I to just, say. Like I was once reluctant, but I ended up, uh, opening up afterward. But the feelings are still the same.
1: Well, more more so about it, like the situation where you were
2: reluctant, but then like hmm, I guess maybe hmm. does that make does it does that make sense? Yeah, talk about that. That that, that, okay. that that's actually fine. That's okay. actually fine. Um. So I found myself uh in high school. Um, in the eleventh grade. <clears throat> And, you know, I I was, I was a pretty challenged student. So at the time I was in AP Lang and composition and I was taking AP calculus. And at the time my father was in the hospital and he almost like to the point of almost passing. Right. So I was back and forth to the hospital, back and forth to the woman he was seeing house. Back and forth to school, like no sleep, not doing my homework at all. And I'm just like going through it. And my teachers could see that. And they're asking me, what is wrong? Like, you know how your parents ask you what's wrong? And then you say nothing. And then they grab your arm and then they like get all up in your face. And they're like, I said, what's wrong? (laughs) And um and you know, you end up like breaking down and like explaining what's going on. This is this is pretty much what happened. So this is it was a span over two weeks. And the first week my teachers could tell what was going on. And they actually asked me, like, I know something's wrong with you. And I'm like, I, I I'm not finna tell you because what are you gonna do? Right. A, again. And I also feel like teachers have that uh I, I forget what role it is they play, but when something's wrong at home, they kind of have to report it, yeah. you know. I I forgot what that's called. The active something or whatever. Right. Um, because who else am I gonna go to at the time, right? Uh my sister's in college and she's dealing with her own stuff. Um my father's in the hospital, so no. My mother, no. Like who else am I gonna go to? My friends, like they're so out of the picture with the situation that it's like I I don't have anybody to talk to and I'll be damned if I go to talk to my teachers about a certain situation they don't need to know about. But then, you know, when I was thinking about it and going home or going to the hospital or not going home at all, and I think about it, I was like, it just, it makes me feel like I'm all alone and it's my fault. I don't want to talk about it. I'm the one who's not talking about it when they literally asked, and I don't, and I don't say anything. And yet now here I am feeling all alone, feeling like my problems are, you know, laying by the wayside, um, and me laying with them. And it, it, you know, it, it hurts because I, you know, even in the 11th grade, I can see that this is still my fault, not the situation that's going on with the fact that I'm about to lose the second parent, but the fact that Somebody asked me a simple question to explain what's going on, and I can't do it. And then, when I have the feelings that come behind them, like being sad, being lonely, not feeling a- being able to communicate, not feeling like I'm able to communicate, not feeling like anybody cares, and I'm not feeling like anybody understands what's going on in my world, when all I really had to do is just say what was going on, that probably would have been half of the battle taken out right there. Um. And then you know, next week I, I eventually ended up sharing, and we actually had a concert because at the time in we summer, we had a concert at like I think Kennesaw State or something, and um, you know, and I and my friends, <laughs> it, my teachers knew, but my friends didn't. No, no, my, not my friends. My uh, my the people in my section didn't understand as well. So I had got a call from the hospital and they were basically explaining that well my father's going to have to go in surgery you know blah, blah blah and i had to step out and i just literally started breaking down like mid warm up like and i had to step outside and i still didn't explain <laughs> i still didn't explain what was going on to anybody in in the band that was like i said the only people that I knew at the time were my teachers um so yeah it, it, it inevitably just causes so much backfire um, when you're reluctant to open up. When I was reluctant to open up, my bad. When I didn't want to make the decision, when I made the decision not to say anything, it, causes, it caused so much hurt internally, and it was my fault. And I think that's what makes it worse.
0: That's that's, that, that's how you end it. Why I'm sorry. Yeah, because like, I'm, I'm sorry. The
2: silence. The silence itself is is is
0: what's.
2: It's, yeah. Is I mean that's it. Like. Yeah. You know, some people knew. Like, if if you've been following, obviously, my best friend Aunt knew. So Aunt knew. But you know, he knows. So it's like, I'm not gonna keep talking about it every day, which is another thing. You know, I always feel pressured internally to not continue to talk about the same thing because I don't want to come off as complaining. Um, I don't want to come off. Well, it, 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 that essentially comes with just being vulnerable. I don't want to. I don't want you to sit here and tell me after the third time that I've told you about a certain situation again, and you tell me, like, "Dang, it's still going on," or, you know. Like and, and you know, that's just one of those internal things where I decide not to do it, and then inevitably it, it hurts me in the long run because now I feel lonely. Now I feel like I can't talk, and now I feel like I'm dealing with this all by myself in the eleventh grade, being 15 years old. Hmm. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, yeah. I can I
1: can relate though. And one thing I I wanted to say when you were talking about the whole parent thing, when they like stop you and like force you to talk about why you don't feel well, I've never experienced that before, ever, never. Um, mm -mm. I don't, but I just, I guess I'm growing up when I was in the household, like the relationship that I have with my parents was so much more distant than my parent or my parents' relationship with my siblings because like I mean my dad tells me this all the time he's like you're just a by yourself type of person he's like you could I could go like you could go days without talking to someone and like you'll be fine and I am that type of person um like I say, I maybe I'm a little bit too comfortable with myself and just spending time by myself. I mean, as a kid, I was the only one growing up in the house, so I was like me and my books, my Switch. I mean, my Wii, you know, whatever the case. uh I've got to say, wasn't no Nintendo Switch in 2007? I'm tripping. I'm not gonna lie, Matt. I didn't think you said Wii.
0: I definitely thought you said weed, and I was like, oh. I was like, I'm so sorry.
1: Don't do it, kids.
0: Yes, we no, we don't condone that at all over here. Um, but continue, you said we. I'm sorry. He said Ooh. Nintendo we for
1: everyone out there. Yeah. Um <laughs> so but I did get I did get the great chance to experience that with my guidance counselor. That's not the situation that I want to talk about. I just kind of wanted to say that fortunately I was able to experience that. For me, the situation looks like um with a previous partner of mine um and like i so i'm in this situation right where like i'm gonna say so i'm gonna say something about this situation and if any girl that i had ever been with is hears me talk about this they're gonna think i'm talking about them and that's just the kind of thing that happens when you have a podcast um
2: (laughs) dogs holler
1: yeah but i mean i'm not really trying to like hit anybody but like this is like as I experienced it but um I felt that we reached a cap in terms of how far we were getting like intimate and I'm not talking about like you know sexual intimacy I'm talking about like emotional intimacy like vulnerability like I wanted her to know more about like me and what I was feeling internally so that the connection could get deeper. That intimacy that I talked about in a previous episode that I was craving, this, was, this is a time where like, me craving more and more of that intimacy in a partnership or a relationship just became more real. Like as I matured, certain things just became less important and this became more important. And um, I wanted to give her more, but I needed to know, I needed the assurance that she, she was interested in knowing more. And there, there's a fine line between that and like the whole premise behind, someone can't ask you what they don't know because they don't know. Um, but it was also an issue with me feeling like I think she could have done a better job of opening up. And I was interested to know more about what she was feeling inside. And I knew that she had struggled with just vo- vocalizing how she feels or, you know, being vulnerable. And I recognized that and the way that I was trying to combat that was like giving her a platform in our relationship to have like as much say, as much um, freedom to just, you know, like be like as much freedom to like, you know, just speak like because not a lot of people do that, you know, like people end up with people that are very closed off and then they continue to perpetuate the behaviors that led to that person becoming closed off. So for me, it was like I'm gonna give you this pedestal to like unequivocally be yourself because I want it. Like, I want to know what that is. And in that moment, it didn't really work out because I think both of us may have had more maturing to do that couldn't have happened inside of that relationship at the time. Um, And it really did hurt me because I really did enjoy like everything about that relationship and for me at the time, in comparison to how, because, you know, when you're getting to know somebody, they're so fresh and they're so new that you have so much to ask them. And then, like, when the relationship becomes a little bit more normal, you want that to keep going. And I was like, I have so much more to talk about, but it's not being asked, but I want to talk about it. And um, I think that hurt me because it made me, it gave me the idea that she was no longer as interested in me and not and and for what I the level that I wanted to go and what I felt like was required of that level, we weren't constantly getting there, and it just it just kind of sucked, so yeah, mm. man, um
0: your stories, your stories definitely have stirred something up in me, um so. The story I am going to share um, is actually because of, of my parents, right? And it was a thing of me, how I operated once I was in school, right? So, um a lot of the listeners know but for the ones that do not um my last year marching in the marching 100 i was selected um to be the band president and with that you know obviously comes a lot of work but one thing about my college experience Um, And one thing I hated to hear, and this is the reason why, was I stayed in Tallahassee, right? Um, I attended Florida A&M University. And one thing that I I hated uh, was people always envied the fact that my parents were so close, right? And that I was able to see them every day and live with them and... All of those, you know, things. Oh, you, you. I mean, you get a home-cooked meal, you know, you don't have to pay rent, all these things. But people didn't see, right, my relationship with my parents. They just saw I stayed at home, I go home, I had a car, you know, all these things. And they're like, oh, you're so blessed. And... To be quite honest, undergrad pushed me away from my parents and my family in general. And the reason why is because, even though I lived at home, I still wanted an undergraduate experience. You leave your nest to get an under you know, a college experience. You leave home to go to school and get a college experience how do I get the best of both worlds? And I'm gonna tell you how I got the best of both worlds because one of those worlds had to crumble while one thrived. And unfortunately, I picked my undergraduate experience over my family. I know this sounds crazy. I know, like, no, I didn't hate my family. I didn't hate my you know parents. I didn't hate my brothers, nothing like that. But I put more attention into my experience in school I mean obviously going to class everything like that but going to parties hanging out late um going the extra mile um when it came to performances when it came to studies when it came to partying friendships relationships the whole nine and it hit a point of It it, it hit a point of eruption and this is what that point was. So I was really poor about telling my parents about concert dates. I don't know why, actually I do know why. It was because all of my friends in undergrad used to attribute the fact that I stayed at home to the fact that I was not mature. They used to say that because I didn't have an apartment, I wasn't ready to grow up when that could have been the furthest thing from the truth. Um, the reason why I stayed home, right, is because I wanted to go to FAMU. FAMU was really the only school I wanted to go to my entire life. Um, and the reason why I didn't move out is because one, it's free, but two, your parents being around you in undergrad allows you to not make a lot of fucked up mistakes that you could make in undergrad. Um... But me wanting to have an undergraduate experience and still having my parents allowed me to kind of teeter on that line sometimes too much. And I was never home. I'll never forget. I will never forget it. I know the exact day my dad bought me my car. Um. It was June 7th, 2015. And I remember from that day to the point of eruption, I was rarely home. I would miss dinners, not like important things like birthday dinners, things like that. But like we would regularly, when I was in high school, actually from basically the point of me being able to have memories to college, every Friday we would go out, we would clean the house, like clean our rooms once we got out from school and we would go to dinner. And once I got in school, I started to, especially when I got my car, I started to miss those. I started to not be around the house. I would come in the house at, you know one, two, three in the morning and leave, you know, 12 in the afternoon and not be back again until one. And really, it became, and I hate to say this like this, my parents' house became a pit stop just for me to sleep, shower, and do what I need to do. And then I would go out and hang out with my friends all day or be at school all day or, you know, do things with the band all day and things like that. And it's, again, wanting the undergraduate experience. But this is the point of eruption. So, I am in Bandcamp of 2017, Matt. I don't know if you were there. Now I'm thinking. Nah, were. I wasn't. I was saying yes. Yeah. So, um, it is Friday night of the concert, and one thing about Bandcamp is I would stay on campus for Bandcamp. I was a dorm counselor. Um, shout out to the dorm counselors
1: and anybody
0: okay. that's been a dorm counselor. Some of the funnest experiences, but the most grueling experiences you can ever imagine. Murder um but typically my parents knew I was gone that week um they we I would have regular calls you know check-in calls see how everything's at home see how everything is you know um if some sports news came out I'll talk to my dad if my mom you know called a check-in on me we would have our check-in calls but oh how's man camp stuff like that um I had those calls throughout this week right but regularly i would run home for things as being a dorm counselor and i remember running home in the middle of the day parents are typically at work Um, my mom was in graduate school um so in the summers uh sometimes she would actually be full-time and not work and be a student and i came to my house and my house was completely empty got the things i needed to get and i left right I got a call from an ex-girlfriend of mine from high school that worked at the hospital, our local hospital here. And she was like, hey, got a question. I don't know if it was a call or text, actually. I can't remember now. But she was like, hey, I got a question for you. Um, Has your mom recently seen the doctor? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I've been in band camp all week. Um, To my knowledge, she hasn't. You know, I haven't had any calls or anything saying that you know something's happened um but to my knowledge she hadn't so why do you ask like this is an odd question because my ex-girlfriend at that time knew my mother's name um and she was like oh you know I was and she was a lab tech mind you she probably broke every every HIPAA law possible and easily could have got fired and I could easily suit the hospital for this but she wasn't doing it out of ill will she was really doing it To check in on me and my situation and i was like you know i don't know um but you know you might just have another person that's named like my mother and for the people that know my mom my mom has a very unique name so there's no way in on this side of god greens earth that that could have been anyone else other than my mom but you know i'm just thinking these things because again Bandcamp is kind of in my head and not really my family at the time. I'm like, I'm going back to campus. It's Friday night. It's the concerts. I'm getting ready to play in director's band. You know, I'm driving back to campus. So I was like, I don't know, but you know, next time I talk to my parents, I'll check, you know, kind of didn't think much of it at that time, but it was like, okay, I appreciate you reaching out Mind you, just me and this girlfriend didn't know the best of terms, and I'm kind of rambling because the emotions in me are kind of stirring again to the moment because it's very vivid. But um, I appreciate it. Didn't think much of what she said, but was like, hmm, I, that was odd of her to reach out and tell me something like this. So I kid you not, I'm on West Pensacola Street. For anybody that's grown up in Tallahassee, that's right there where the Wendy's and stuff is, or has been to school here and i'm on the phone with my dad and we're talking just typical conversation like we always have and i don't know but and i'm gonna say it it was really god like god flicked me in the back of the head and said ask the question like it had been stirring in my soul but i wasn't like i said i I typically don't like those things because i don't like what's on the other side or what could potentially be on the other side of asking these things, but Holy Spirit said, speak. So I remember I took this breath and I was like, dad, I have a question. It might sound kind of weird, but I just have a question. I said, someone contacted me um, who works at the hospital and they said they saw some you know, blood work results. They're a lab tech um, for mom. I was like, is there anything going on or, you know, has she been to the doctor recently, anything like that? And I remember my dad was like, huh? So I repeated the entire question again and my dad took this long pause and that's unlike him. My dad never takes a long pause. Anytime we have conversations, we're to the point. We're just, you know, shooting statements off back and forth, but this was eerily really different. Um, He took this kind of pause and then he said, don't get upset, everything is okay. And, you know, when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, where are we about to go? Like, where is this about to turn? Long story short, um, my mother had been having some chronic headaches for a while. And I'm pretty sure my mom's okay with me telling this story, disclaimer. Um, for a while, um, and she had been taking some aspirin to try and fight them, but it wasn't working. And she had taken a good amount of aspirin, probably more than she should have. Um, but it got to a point where her head was. She literally said her she felt like her head was banging. So my dad picked her up um, from graduate school at Florida State, and they you know went to urgent care. At TMH to the emergency room um and she had an MRI but all in all my dad told me that she had brain surgery and she told my dad and my brothers not to tell me because I was so focused on band camp and to wait till I came home from it and to hear that my mom made a decision not to tell me because she felt as though I'm so focused on that, and she didn't want to mess up, you know, my focus. And on that was probably the most debilitating thing to hear, other than her having brain surgery. And I remember like the way my voice is kind of trembling now. Um, and my eyes are watering. It was like that in the car ride, but I remember when I got back to campus and I parked, I got out of the car, and I just broke, and the girl I was talking to at the time, like, saw me, like, just visibly shaking, and she kind of pulled me to the side. Jonathan and Grant were there, and they kind of asked me, and I just remember, like, getting the words out of, like, my mom had brain surgery, and she didn't want to tell me. And I'll never forget, I didn't do anything that night. I would literally after I came to campus, I talked to them. They're like, go see your mom, we'll tell Doc. I sped to the hospital. I still at the TMH. And to walk in that hospital room and see my mom's head, like bandaged up in her, you know, high up on drugs essentially, because she had just got out of surgery that morning. Um, and I remember her looking at me. And she saw me and she was like, Justin, like, you're here. And I was like, Yeah, I'm here. Like, why would you not expect me to be here? And yeah, from that point on, I made it a point in my life to never let my family feel like they are second fiddle to anything in my life. Because of that situation, they felt as though they couldn't tell me and they didn't want to, you know, right on my focus. And I, a mother's love is truly something special. And I really do appreciate my mother for that. But what that does to you, it makes you focus so much more on the things that are most important. Because undergrad is only a time. College is only a time in your life. But family is forever. And from that point on, I I always like made the point to never let my family feel like they are second fiddle. So that is where I felt reluctant to not opening it up to my parents about my undergraduate experience because I was always going out and having fun. And I wasn't telling them about concerts. I wasn't telling them, all they asked about was school. I told them about my grades, you know, show them my grades, stuff like that. But we wouldn't get into conversations of like, what I was doing and things like that. And I was never home. So we never could communicate really besides in the little moments that we did have. But yeah, that story for me is always the one that, a question like this, yeah, that's the first one that comes in my head every time.
1: I appreciate, I appreciate your vulnerability, Justin. And it's really made me think about how intentional I have been myself with my own family, and how I can do a better job as well. Like I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that 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 has some really great timing. And I know that I know it's, I know I'm, I, I can only imagine how difficult that situation in itself is to talk about. So, yeah, I've kind of lost her words with you. I
0: appreciate that. I appreciate that. Me and my mom, we kind of, my mom makes a joke now about it and I can laugh at it, but I was not laughing at it. Right. Um, <laughs> but after she had her, her year post out, anytime somebody asked her like how she's doing she was like for somebody that took a black and Decker, like a black and Decker drill like a drill that you use in your house to their skull i'm doing pretty good she says that like she she was saying that after like she got out of the hospital and was able to kind of start moving again and when people at church started asking how are you stuff like that she was like for somebody that took a black and Decker drill to the to the school i'm doing pretty good and it was just like yeah but all in all i remember that Friday night I came back and you know everyone is very um receptive of how I was feeling and things like that questions were asked people had conversations with me I had discussions with them but I remember uh finished out the Friday night I missed the entire concert but I came back for the campers um stayed entire I went back I didn't go back to the hospital because my mom was not in a room yet she was still in the ICU recovering um but Saturday after the finale performance of that band camp I remember driving straight to the hospital and I stayed with her like for hours and again just thought I just want to highlight again my mother's love my mom did not like laying in her hospital bed she would sit in the like chair that they would have for guests and she let me sleep in her hospital bed she just like sat in her chair Mind you, this woman just had surgery 48 hours ago. But she didn't like laying down at that point. So I was sitting in the bed. We were watching TV together. I fell asleep for a little bit, woke up. We had a little bit of more conversations. Nurse came in, checked on her, gave her some, you know, that was that cycle of drug time. We were talking until she fell asleep. And it was like 2 in the morning, Sunday morning, and I left. But yeah. Yeah. That, that was the reluctancy of I never opened up about my college experience to my parents. I never opened up about like me having fun and me doing these things. And I just kind of, felt, you know, I felt as though I was the kid that was having fun in college and was able to see his parents every day. But I didn't realize in my pursuit of having fun how I was actively pushing my family away and it's it's funny because there are other stories that i have even with my brothers um my little brother specifically specifically but um that's the story that kind of rings true every time
2: i feel empty inside how to follow that up
0: why do you feel empty man i mean this story was now six years ago so you know we've kind of made it over the hump but that level of fear of like fear of losing your mother but then at the same time fear of losing your mother like I I don't Mm -hmm. think people understand like the fear of and for me because I've always had great a great relationship with my parents for the most part like we never have had any issues but the fear of losing your mother physically but also the fear of just losing them and staying in the same house as them, like living, like interacting and not, it not feeling like a home. Like Mm -hmm. that's completely a different kind of pain. Like then like my mother was fortunate to have this brain surgery and still be alive, but I still felt empty because she felt like she could not share that with me. And I felt empty because I had actively pushed my family away. And it was a, a huge field to swallow. But all in all, I got, my, I got my stuff together. And to this day, I still actively try. Not actively. I, I'm i always in the pursuit of actively making sure my family knows that I love them. Like, to this day, every time I end a call with my mother, I tell her I love her.
1: I was about to say, the fits me, though. Today is a family man, man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. <laughs> and that's what, like...
0: But that's my nick like, at night. It literally be that, like, when I said that in the last episode, of, like, when you meet my parents, or you get, like, you see my mom or my dad, like, that is huge to me because they are, like the ones that molded me so like you get to see them you get to meet them you get to interact with them that's like you are in the know and like i'm gonna just go back to when you guys got into that car accident and john had a surgery when she came to the hospital like for y'all to see her in that moment man like it's like y'all are in now like i hope y'all know this like i honestly came up to the hospital room just expecting to see john maybe his mom and maybe some guests but to see all of y'all there and then like hi this is my mom like it's like dude like even introducing her was nerve-wracking to me because it's like this is huge for me like for y'all to be here so i i ain't trying to take up all my time but no you're I good just, man yeah you're good that was the story that in this moment kind of rung true to that question And that was where that reluctancy came from. You know,
1: I'm, I think that moments like these are more valuable for like, well, obviously for the viewer, but for like us and like our own dialogue within ourselves, like because I know like something that we used to pace the podcast a lot is like, you know, the time window by which we operate in. Yeah. Um, and I know we were talking about this earlier. Like, what if we just did like a episode A and a episode B but for the same number? Yeah. I'm I'm a
0: thousand percent for that because a podcast like Shout out to Spotify Unwrap for all you Spotify people that were putting out your statistics of the year. I love that stuff. Spotify is goaded for that. Shout out to Apple Music for not having that. Nick May should join the right team now because of this, because you could join the wave and show people what you listen to and who you listen to and how many hours you listen to them. Yeah. All this stuff, like all this data. But, um, But shout out to the Dan Levitard Show. Um, used to follow them on ESPN radio when he was working for ESPN um huge advocate for a lot of things that I just agree with um and kind of ESPN isn't you know they're sports but they're not political sports so they kind of pushed him away from ESPN because he's really political in his in his talking of sports and this was, you know around some dark times in our country you know uh I don't even I can't remember the number president he was, but I'm not even going to say his name. But that guy was the president. And this guy was actively out speaking, you know, you know, speaking out against him. And ESPN was like, hey, you know, we can't upset our base. So it's either you stop or you got to go. And he didn't stop. So they pushed him away. But he moved his entire show to podcast now, but he still runs it like a radio show so he breaks it literally the radio show was four hours but what he does with the podcast is he separates it into hour one hour two hour three hour four and you can just go listen to that specific hour of that show that they may Mm. have recorded that day but if you were looking to listen to like a specific interview with somebody or a specific topic um for me it's like the local hour because they're miami-based uh radio show so he talks yeah. about Miami hurricanes Miami Heat all that stuff and he's really like connected with the heat he's really connected you know in the area um, as a University of Miami grad as well too so I listen to the local hour a lot just to kind of get in the know of like what's going on with the Miami Heat what's going on with, you know the hurricanes and like this whole tampering situation now and how we lost the second round pick today because they believe we tampered to get Kyle Lowry like what his what's his perspective on it you know how did his organization feel about it um, if Pat Riley don't put it out, I listen to Dan Levitart, essentially. But that's it for me. But literally, the hour by hour thing, yeah. I think, is something we could probably adapt from that. Yeah, and I think it's, still be the same show
1: for like the you know like the, or when we do our YouTube videos. Since YouTube isn't really as specific as Anchor may be, we could still keep it as one, but just yeah. for the sake of like splitting it up. Mm. But it's still being under the same topic, mm. you know. Cause we got, we got some good stuff for this topic and we've already hit. So we've, 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 we've really delved into some, some things, but you know, we have a lot of, so yeah,
0: honestly, I would love, um, and I'm a, I'm gonna put this challenge, not even this challenge, but this charge out, I'm a thousand percent sure we're going to do a part two of this we need a women's not women's women's mm-hmm. perspective i know I, women's is so country so old me, but we need the 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 perspective of multiple women on this i think because i would love to hear personally um typically you know it's always men don't express themselves and i think in this episode each of us have all unlocked um and delved into some rooted emotions that are within us. But I think there are some, some, some women that would benefit from this conversation as well and really need to explore, you know, how deep, not how deep, but how wide of a spectrum is your emotional self? um how much are you allowing yourself to feel because just like even though the stereotype is that men don't emotionally share themselves that does not necessarily mean that women also do not emotionally share themselves as well right because in my Um, experience
1: yeah like I know I'm probably the minority in terms of like the male population and correct me if I'm wrong but like I'm pretty in touch not only with my femininity, but like articulating how I feel. And in my experience, it's the opposite because, yeah. like, I've been the better one in my relationships. Not, and I'm not, not for the sake of keeping tallies, but just for the sake of this argument of like, you know, women also suffering from a lack of ability to just be vulnerable. Mm. Um, but yeah, like in my experience, like, you know, that's something I've wanted more of. And I'm a I'm a guy looking for more of that from a, you know, yeah. a girl. So it does exist on both sides, yes. regardless of the quantity.
0: Very much so. And that's why I want to put this charge out. When you listen to this episode, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a part two, excuse me, in season two, which we'll talk about that too later on but uh we would love love to have the 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 perspective of women on this topic um whether you are in touch with your emotions whether you are you know in touch with the spectrum that you allow yourself to feel or you're not and you're looking to open up and you're looking to to have this conversation, um, this uncomfortable, because I kid you not telling that story, even though it has happened six years ago, it never, the the same amount of emotions rush back to me every time. It is always uncomfortable to tell that story. Um, So this conversation, and man, I think about uncomfortable conversations, but those are the ones that push you for it the most. This is an uncomfortable conversation. But each of us and you as listeners will probably see a level of growth within how this podcast is going now, a level of growth within connecting with us as co-hosts of this podcast. So if you have comments, if you have a story that you want to share yourself, if you want to be the next guest on the part two of this episode, because there will definitely be a part two do not hesitate to reach out at all do not hesitate, like do not hesitate if it if you feel it in your heart that you want to share yourself and share where you are in your pursuit of being able to feel the emotions that you need to feel please reach out please reach out please reach out
1: and i'd, I'd like to add a, a, another you know little disclaimer slash anecdote do remember that um, what we talk about on the pod is our experience and our opinions, our perspectives. Um, And contrary to maybe a lot of people's belief, especially with the feedback that we do currently receive, um, like, like for example, a lot of the women that I seek feedback from or receive feedback from from the podcast are extremely interested in knowing more about what men think because they feel like they don't hear that a lot, um, and the, we also have men contributing to feedback. You know that we hear that are like, okay, this is cool, but we also want to hear this side. So, do understand that we do hear both sides, and you know we're trying to make accommodations for that and trying to, you know, do it very intentionally and not haphazardly. Um, And also um, know that we're growing as a podcast and that starts with our fans, our listeners as well. So please share this with your friends. If you want to have a conversation about it, if you don't agree with what we're saying, let's talk about it. The idea of our podcast is to start a conversation about things, you know, regardless of how you may feel about what any one of us say um on here before you dismiss it and before you have angry emotions towards it let's have a dialogue you know some some conversation about it like mature people you know that's the that's the um pattern of action we're trying to foster with this so yeah Mr. Tobu.
2: everybody grown until it's time to communicate hey um, say it again oh uh, come on I mean I, I'm still feeling empty right now no, no Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff coming coming along. Um we're trying. <laughs> we're, we're trying.
1: Hey, so. shout out to the soldier, by the way, because he just got off a long shift after the shift. This is true. We asked him, bro, how much time do you need before we start recording? He said none. Let's get it. None. Started out. So, Send, Send me the
2: to link, do, man. man cuz I'm going through it right now. I ain't gonna cap to you. But um, you know, I made sure to do my due diligence because it's not fair if uh you know I uh go out on y'all boys, but um yes, this is some very good stuff. This is some interesting stuff. Uh th- bro, this <laughs> <laughs> man. dang man. No, nah, nah, seriously. Seriously, man. Rough, this is- man. Uh you know, you think you you think you got it until you don't. I mean, hey,
0: and this is like, oh my gosh, this statement rings so true. If you think you know us. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. I oh, promise don't. you. <laughs> like you we don't say that just to be like these introspective. People like to put on this front. I, I, we literally mean it. There is so many layers, multifaceted layers to each of us and our experiences, and that is what we are trying to share with you all. We are not doing this podcast for fun. We're not. Well, I personally enjoy speaking, you know, and talking with these guys all the time, whether it is on this podcast or just in general. But this podcast for us is <coughs> is so much more, um, and we know you guys, you, you want to see us put our best foot for it and we appreciate it so much and we will put our best foot for it, you know, moving forward. Um, but Absolutely. that, that statement just rung true. I think it's really. funny
1: because sometimes the people that know us best, that give us feedback on the pod, get a little bit disenchanted with, them feeling like we could be saying more or revealing more but what yeah. we've talked about so far is fundamental to like who we are and understanding us yeah and some of those people could probably benefit from revisiting some of that stuff because if you think <laughs> you know us as well as you do you probably don't you don't yikes yeah.
0: you don't. but nick um, any final kind of words
2: yeah, you guys know that I've been doing this since I think episode two. And I'm going to keep it going because I just feel like, you know, after all the gooey stuff, it's time for a laugh. And so, with that being said, I personally feel like if you're out here eating Heath bars, you need to take all 32 <laughs> of your teeth out. <laughs> Bro, if you I retweet. If you buy a Kit Kat and you don't break it before eating it, <laughs> retweet, you need to take all 32 of your teeth out. I have seen people take a Kit Kat and eat and, and just bite into it, dog. They're
0: a menace, bro. A menace. Yes, I gotta take my right. teeth out. Oh Matt. Please. No more Matt.
2: <laughs> no more Matt. We are now two-thirds. This is this is the second I podcast. <laughs> Good lord. I mean, man, um, we have, we, we have feelings.
1: We do. <laughs> we have I, feelings.
2: We, <laughs> bro. Because <laughs> Now I'm all fragmented and, and, and squishy and stuff. And I don't want to say nothing. The anymore, big facts. I, I get scared. I get lonely. The facts, we yeah. feel a have, lot. We fears. feel. Yes.
1: And it's okay to feel.
0: It is something.
1: Come on, something we need to uh, be a little bit better in terms of our advocacy for men that come, young men that are coming in the shoes that we will eventually leave. It's just, it's okay to feel, and the more you can be vulnerable, the closer and sooner you'll get to that authenticity that you may feel like is so far away. Yes, seriously. Yeah, but um, on, a, on a more serious note, how do you get more serious than that? If you eat mayonnaise, you have good taste because mayonnaise is used to make coleslaw. Thanks. Oh, see, so we're not know.
2: gonna end off. We're not gonna end off. We're not gonna end up there. Okay, okay, we're my not, bad, my
1: bad, my bad. We're not. If you eat buffalo sauce,
2: you're <laughs> oh, disgusting. <man. laughs> buffalo sauce is not real.
0: It's terrible.
2: <laughs> it's just hot I'm, not sauce. Gonna, I'm not gonna say that. It's just not real. It's well, just not just, real. Just hot
0: sauce. l yeah, uh, let's be honest, they're not killing buffaloes for that sauce. If
1: but, you if you're listening to this and you didn't buy me that Steph Curry jersey, the new Warriors 2021 <laughs> black jersey, and you're listening to this, I want you to know that you're a bad person.
2: I just feel like um that's false. But on a very serious note, not a really serious note, but a very, very serious note. If you go to a buffet and you're full after one plate, I need you to run me my fade. My fade. I need you we to. We don't fight. go to buffets for one plate. <laughs> we don't to go finish. to buffets for one plate.
0: Bro, you just done for it. I'll take you to dinner somewhere <laughs> else for one plate of food These folks guess what you're not eating for the
2: rest of the day these folks out here like getting full of Sprite dog <laughs> big
1: facts I had an egg count from Chick-fil-A I'm good for the day
2: chicken that's not nuggies that's not, <laughs> not how it works
1: at all but oh man it's this been another good. episode yes yes it has and, as, as I like to say the street's gonna eat this one up Hey,
2: nah, this this. too oh my goodness! Can I get Definitely. digested with the streets? No more talk. I feel yeah. Really yeah.
0: Oof. Keep, keep. keep your third eye open.
1: Yeah, do it. Please? please, please, gentlemen. Thank you for having me today. Thank you.
2: I, I think that's, that's my it. line. No, it's my line.
1: Mm. I'm the weakest link.
2: Justin, you're supposed to say. I think that's my line. <laughs> All right, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>